Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb, meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. We have a terrific guest with us here today, Ryan Hawk. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, one of the gifts in our community is people that, uh, hey, just want to make a difference. And uh-huh. you have made a tremendous impact in just being super intentional about talking about leadership across the country. Where did that, where did that start I've been uh, fortunate, Scott, uh, to be influenced and mentored by some great leaders growing up, starting with both of my parents and then leading up through some great coaches uh, in athletics, specifically football. And so I I almost felt indebted to some of them that have come before me that have helped me so much that I think as you grow, as you mature, as you get a little bit older – you want to try to have some sort of impact on others that those before you had on you. And they continually have on me. My parents still are my greatest mentors. And so now I've tried to expand that a little bit and also hope that I can positively influence others uh, at the same time. Well, you went to Central High School. Yeah. I, gr- I graduated in 1983. Okay. And you graduated in? 2000. Gotcha. You played football. I did. Got- Who was your coach? Bob Gregg, the legend, legendary yes, Bob Gregg. Absolutely. Great yeah. guy. Yes. He's a, he's a, he's had a huge impact on my life. So we were, um, uh, I was a freshman at, at Centerville and Bob Gregg was the coach yep. and I was about 120 pounds dripping wet <laughs> and he tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, Hey, you play golf, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what are you doing out here? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I want to play football. And he was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know that that's going to work out that well for you. And I love golf. And yeah. if I had a choice between two days in August or walking on a golf course and driving there in an air conditioned van. Yeah. I think I take that path. Yeah, I think so. I think most people would, yeah. I think most people, but those tough moments, I would say that we went through in June, July and August probably helped can sh- shape and form and build that grit that I think we need later on in life. Well, I think he saw a couple things. One is uh, I would I would have to say like I'm not that talented at football. 120 pounds is tough too. It is. It is. <laughs> it is tough. And yeah. he might have saved my life. Yeah, could have. He could have. He could have. He, he, He's great. He's great. But uh, you're exactly right. And I think even one of the things that we talk about is we look at bringing people into our organization and McGowan Brave. Um, you know, when you're an athlete yeah. and you're on a team, yeah, there's just something mystical about that. Mm-hmm. There is. There really is. I think it's especially in your formative years as you're growing up when you've had to work with others, because regardless of whatever you do in life, you're probably going to be a part of some sort of a team. You're going to have to collaborate with others. You're going to have to work together to get things done to solve problems. So I think building that at a young age and as you grow up is vital to your success long term in working with others. Yeah. So you went to Centerville. Yep. And then you played college ball? I did. Where? I did. So I started my career in college at Miami University. I was there for two years. I played quarterback. Um, happened to be the exact same age as Ben Roethlisberger, who also was at Miami at the same time. We came in together. Uh, most people know how that story went. He ended up beating me out after two seasons of us playing, and so then I transferred to Ohio University and finished my career playing there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was well, really fun. Um, thanks for everything that you do. So then, so then you leave you, you leave college football. Yeah. And then you go 
I played what? arena football. Uh, you did? And I went up to Canada for a very brief stint. So I played a season in Birmingham, Alabama. Had a, had a blast, a new environment, a new, new uh, situation for me to, to get into. Uh, went up to Canada for a little bit and then eventually decided or they decided for me that I wasn't good enough uh, to keep playing football. And so then you have to move into the working world. So I'm going to ask you, so NFL team, what's your favorite NFL team? Um, growing up, we liked the Bengals, being from Southwest Ohio, but my, my younger brother, AJ, played for the Green Bay Packers for nine mm-hmm. seasons, and so I still probably root m- more for them than any team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, so you've been at Lambeau? Oh, yeah, yeah. For nine years, we're lucky. Uh, my dad and mom went to almost every game. My dad went to every game, and I went to probably three or four a year. Yeah, yeah. so I was at Lambeau, and the, and the Packers were playing the, uh, the Cowboys. Yeah. And a girl in front of me asked for a beer from the concession guy. Yeah. And he, like, pulled her ear back and saw a Dallas Cowboy star. Yeah. And said, um, you can go downstairs. <laughs> it blew me away. That's I kind of like, brutal. Yeah, apparently. They love the Packers there. Th- that it's a family exactly affair, right. too. It is that's, a family that's, that's affair. And cool an amazing, an amazing it place. It's a great an environment. Place. It's a great environment. Yeah. So then you, uh, you leave uh, arena football. Uh-huh. And then, and then where do you go from there? So I, I moved into the profession of selling, which um, I think is a nice path for somebody who's used to competing every day. Uh, and in the selling world, there's stack rankings. Uh, I think that the willingness and work ethic that you put into it, uh, you're going to get that out of it. And so I felt like while it was a tough transition, it was probably the best path for me given the fact that I was used to trying to outwork everybody else of uh, not necessarily being the most talented person, but the one who'd be willing to outwork somebody. And so if I did that same thing in the profession of selling, it could translate to success. And I was fortunate that so far it has. And, and so it's helped me progress into some other really neat things that I've got to do. That's a big gift. Yeah. I mean, I think the most successful people I've met probably aren't the smartest people in the room. Yep. Uh, but what they do know is they know how to outwork yep. every single person. What's harder, two days or sales? Uh, physically, I think two a days, obviously, like that's the cool thing about, and I've, I've had mentors who played football. They say, you know, I'm going to go into this meeting with my boss and present. I know I'm not going to get physically beat up when I play football. I have 300 pound linemen who are chasing after me, trying to kill me literally. So it's a little bit different. It's more mental. I think when it comes to selling. So you, you just get mentally destroyed. Uh, I try to yeah, try yeah, to yeah. try to build some grit through that. Yeah. <laughs> so as you talk about, so now you're working at LexisNexis, yeah, I'm right? Mo- I've moved on to since Elsevier, but same parent company, but yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, um, so you you started this podcast, yes, um, which is which is amazing. Uh, how many episodes do you have now? Uh, Two hundred nineteen episodes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, going on three years. Release one a week every Sunday night at seven o'clock. Um, and I, I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world to do other than being with my family. I'd love to be recording podcasts. And it's called the, the learning leader show. Perfect. Yeah. And you yeah. had, you have some amazing guests yeah. on there. Yeah. Uh, very, you. very impressive. How, how did that start? Well, it started out of, I think, uh, a natural, uh, curiosity that I've probably built up over the years. Uh, and I've, I was fortunate to have some great meetings with mentors who have helped me um, specifically one guy named Todd Wagner and Todd is Mark Cuban's business partner. And I had a dinner with him set up by a friend and Todd told these stories of them creating their business broadcast.com and all the struggles they went through and building it up until eventually sitting face to face with the leaders at Yahoo, convincing them that's when Yahoo was like Google convincing them 
to buy their company for $5.7 billion, making him and Mark billionaires. And so Todd told the story and the only regret I had in that one moment was the fact that I didn't have it recorded. And so I, I after that dinner, I, I uh, really tried to learn how could I launch my own podcast and reach out to people like Todd and others, uh, ask them questions, be a good listener, uh, uh, try to get an understanding of success and failure along the way, and then share that with other people to hopefully have a profound impact on them. And um, fortunately now, three years into it, 200 plus episodes, it seems to have worked and I'm still trying to get better as we do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really impressed with the number of people that have just said yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the people that have just raised their hand and said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you. So you've been recognized obviously by Forbes, mm -hmm. uh, ESPN, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of publications have said, Hey, this is a great show. Check mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Uh, but then we're talking specifically just about leadership. Yes. So if we had to talk about what, in, in your opinion, what, what, what are some great traits from a leader? So I, th I try, try to pull out what are the commonalities amongst the best of the best. So speaking with like the Jim Collins of the world, the Simon Sinek's that you have here, J.J. Uh, Reddick I just had on, just had Jim on. And so it's, it's what I've found is they are dedicated learners. They approach life with a curious mindset. So they, uh, as J.J. told me, they've never arrived. They're always becoming. I think that's a core tenet. I feel like mm -hmm. you guys embody that here when I just traveled and looked around at your office, noticing your core values, what your dad had talked about, what you talk about, the way you actually live it. That seems to be a very common theme to where you had a, an immense amount of success. You could probably rest, go on vacation, and instead you're trying to improve, you're trying to get better, you're doing things like this, you're building up, you're growing. I think that's a very common theme is that People are always striving to get better, never fully thinking or realizing that they're at the top of the mountain. They're always kind of on this path, realizing they're never going to get there. So you've never arrived. You're always becoming. I think that's the main tenant of some of the greatest leaders is that that's their mindset and approach to life. And yeah, I, I think curiosity it. might yeah. be one of the greatest gifts on the planet. Yeah. And I've taught, so uh, I do a lot of work out at Aileron, so yeah. I'll talk to some leaders. And, you know, the, uh, the thing that always surprises me is sometimes you'll get comments back from leaders. They think they have it all figured out. Yeah. And then uh, if you do, you should probably duck um, because <laughs> something's coming your way. You're either, uh, there's two people in the world, right? People who are humbled or humble or people who are about to be humble. Oh, yeah. That's really the way I've, I've found to be a commonality, too, is, it, you have to have some humility about you as well. And so sometimes you have to learn the hard way. Who's your favorite author you've spoke to? Oh, that's tough. You know, I, I, I spoke with uh, this incredible leader, the COO of Focus Brands, and her name is Kat Cole. And I keep going back to this when people, when people ask me this question because Kat's ability to start as a 17-year-old Hooters waitress, learn all the job roles within that restaurant, then asked to fly to Australia to open a restaurant, then asked to fly to South America, and she built her way up. She earned an MBA without getting an undergraduate degree. It never happens. It's hard. I could explain how, but it was impressive. And now she's built this magnificent career alongside with came, coming from a very tough upbringing. Nobody really handed her anything. And so Kat's story, her ability to tell her story about courage and confidence and curiosity and humility, which she speaks about, uh, is she still stands out amongst the 200 plus that I've talked wow. to. Wow. Yeah, she's yeah, that's great. fascinating. She's great. Yeah. What, what about Simon Sinek? What's Sim he like? Simon is, I, I love talking, I've had him on twice. Uh, I love talking to him. I, I, 
the, you know the neat thing too about doing this podcast, and you probably feel this, is you get to develop a friendship with some mm-hmm. of your heroes. And I've read Simon's book, Eat, Leaders Eat Last. His, his TED Talk still the number three TED Talk of all time. Um, but just the, his approach to, to stating uh, cu- courage, what it means to be courageous. Uh, the fact that maybe the greatest leaders don't have this grand vision, but they have the courage to stand up to a tough shareholder who will say, you need to lay off 15 people, and they'll say, no, I'm going to find another way. I'm not doing that. Like Gary Ridge is a leader he's worked with, the CEO of WD-40, a single product business who's never laid somebody off in 20 years as wow. a CEO. Uh, that's the type of stuff the work Simon does that I, I love. Yeah, and one of the things that's really uh, I get super passionate about, and we learned a lot of it from Simon Sinek. So mm-hmm. we have a we have a Y wall here in MB, and actually we've added a four circle to that target, uh, which is who gets to do all this stuff, which oh. is people. Okay. And I can remember Love Dave it. Dave Holman uh, is uh, standing in the back right now, and and he's just you know his vision is just uh, amazing. But I can remember as we were kind of unbuckling our, our vision, and mm-hmm. then would we be able to tell our workforce this? And we and so you sit in fear, like are they going to laugh at me? Yeah, yeah. But I think what I what resonated about that book was the fact that that we believed it, and then we told our people that, and mm-hmm. I think they believed it because we felt it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. strategically we got behind it, mm-hmm. and the day and all of that fear, now we can rest in confidence and moving forward. Yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. Yeah. So you've done this now 40 plus times. You've built up your business. What would you say are some of the commonalities amongst the people who are able to sustain excellence? Some of the few things that they have that maybe the others do not. Well, um, probably number one, and you mentioned it, which was just how do I become a relentless learner? Yeah. So how do I just read and engulf and take in information as much as I can? But um, I learned from the best. So my dad yep. might be probably, he's just humble. Is he? Yeah. So I would watch him walk into a room, and he could find the loneliest person in the room. Huh. So he would go towards the loneliest. Did he have a knack for that? He did. Yeah. So he would have a tie on, and he would undo his tie, and he would kind of sit on a box and and talk to the workers and maybe not directionally go towards the CEO. I never understood that growing up. I just didn't. But I got to see it. Yeah. Um, So I think curiosity is obviously really important. Humility. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, just the gift of being vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and just, uh, you know, letting people know you're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, lets people know that uh, they're allowed to make them too. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes us as leaders, um, we want to be painted with this broad br- brush of being perfect. Yeah. Which is miserable. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be a real, real person. I mean, I think that's, that's part of how you develop trust and real relationships too, is if, if you think if you think the leader is just some mythical person that's not real, it, it's I found I don't know if that, that person is as easy to follow uh, or, or is relatable, which is important. And when we started here, uh, one of the things that my dad did when uh, probably five or six years ago, uh, he gave everyone this book, Good to Great, yeah. which is a great book. Yeah. So you talked to Jim Collins. Yeah. What was that like? So there was so much buildup. I've been trying to get Jim on for three years since the very beginning, and we had probably 25 calls with his team, never with him, with the people leading up to it. And it was interesting the way he started the conversation. He's the only person to ever do this was he was very prepared, the most prepared guest I've ever had, knew a lot about me and the show and the kind of the trajectory we've been on over the last few years and just bombarded me with questions to start the first 20 minutes of the conversation. If people listen, you can hear it. And it blew me away. It just showed that he cared. 
He really did. And he modeled the behavior that he believed was what great leaders do. So it's one thing to say it. And some people say these academics, they're good at writing about it or speaking and in, in, in teaching a class because he was a Stanford professor. But they're not as good when it comes yeah. to implementation and execution of it. And he was modeling that for me and showed me that he believed it and he lived it. I, I, I yeah, love Yeah, so he that wrote talk. this book and then he goes to How the Mighty Fail. Yeah. Because of these companies, some of them failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes to uh, the uh, book of, uh, about hubris, which yeah. was very interesting, and then built to last. Yeah. Uh, and just the trim. So today we were talking about, we showed you our Wright Brothers room. I love it, man. What a room. It's just, it's just cool. And it's we're in so the great. birthplace of aviation. We've, we've got to talk about that. Yes. Um, and so you read this book. Yeah. Uh, by McCullough. Um, so what was really curious or interesting about that book recently? So the, the fact that Orville and Wilbur will, were willing to study the flight of birds to get an understanding of how flying works. And they would go out and stand on the hills and do this. And they'd have these all these people watching them and thinking, these guys are nut jobs. They're oh, crazy. Yeah. They're, they're, but they're, and they're saying studying the flight of birds to help learn how to fly is like uh, learning magic from a magician you could you really it's helpful but then in addition Wilbur also said at some point you've got to get in the machine and do it so it's not so I think it showed that the two things that are most important you do have to take time to think to read to learn to ask questions to get better but then you also have to then transition to take action get in the machine take off try flying that plane crash unfortunately they did as you know so I think it's, it's a great combination of what leaders should do and why they were so brilliant. I mean, geniuses and hard workers who didn't need all the fluff. That's what I love most about those guys is that they grinded hard for years because they believed in it. They studied the flight of birds and whatever it would take to fly, and then they went and did it. And I think that's the ultimate when it comes to leader of – you're talking about leading from the front, making it happen – those guys did it all, man. I, I love the Wright brothers. Yeah, so a lot of leaders are really good at vision casting. Right. Uh, but if you can't engineer it, because right. I haven't met many uh, visioneers, yeah. one <laughs> person that can do both. Exactly. And those two brothers, they could. They could pull that off. You got I, I talk a lot about it. I always ask guests, it's great that we're doing this, that we're taking notes, we're learning, we're, we're doing our best. But how can we specifically implement and execute on mm -hmm. what we've learned? Don't just have great notebooks. Those are good. I'm a believer in learning. But how do we implement and execute is most important when it comes because at some point you got to get something done. Yeah, I kind of define it as the uh, rabbits and squirrels. Yeah. So rabbits go in the hole. Yeah. So it's all detail and process. Squirrels go up in the tree. I'm a squirrel. I'm about <laughs> as manic as they come. Uh, but I respect the rabbits. Yeah. Uh, because without them... All we would have is a bunch of ideas that sounded good, but oh. zero execution. If we if we went around to the people that work here and asked and they and they I told them that I wouldn't I wouldn't say what I, I wouldn't tell you what they said about you. What were what are some of the things you think they would say about you as a leader, as a boss? What do you think? Oh gosh! Don't be modest. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, so uh, manic. Maybe we should ask these guys. Might be uh, manic. Uh, yeah, I okay. think so. I mean, you know, obviously, I can get uh, I can get distracted. Uh, uh, quickly, you know, I would hope that they say that that I care. Yeah, you yeah, know, I get that sense just from having lunch with you and walking the halls, and really, I I get a feeling of pride, mm -hmm. just an immense pride. Like you are all in on this mess. It's, it's what I feel like on what you guys do here, the message, what you try to embody. It just gets I get this sense of like 
man, Scott is in. Like there is no doubt of what your your mission is here in life, especially with your family wall too. Oh, yeah. That is a great, great idea. Uh, the toy closet for the kids, the family wall, the values that are legit, real value. I mean, just I love it. The Wright, Wright Brothers room is so it's so great. You well, have a I great build, business here. So if you had to think, where would you like this community be in regards to leadership? What do you think it's going to be 10 years from now? Well, 10 years is tough to predict because it's things change so much. My hope, though, is that we get and uh, people are more open to sharing tough moments. People are uh, more curious. Uh, we talked about the importance of that. Uh, we, I don't pe- want people to think that they've got it all figured out because nobody does. And we, we talked about the quote earlier, and you could, you could uh, I'll paraphrase, but basically ordinary people can do extraordinary mm-hmm. things. And I, I'm a believer in that and not thinking anything's too grand for you to accomplish. And I hope more people make the choice because it is a choice, but I hope more people make the choice to lead. And you don't need a title. You don't need a certain job. You can lead from any position and anything that you do. And I hope more people are willing to do that. Well, not only that, but, you know, Ryan, it's free. Yeah. It's free. Because mm-hmm. I think, it, unfortunately, in our society today, there's so much ignorance, mm-hmm. right? And ignorance is a choice. Yeah. yeah. And there's a quote I use a lot that ignorance is not the absence of information, right? It's choosing to think you have it. Yeah. Yep. So when you think about whether it be podcasts or books or people or information, uh, there's so much information that we can gather before we throw our opinion out yeah. uh, to people. And leadership, I mean, this community means a lot to both of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were born and raised here. Yeah, yep. We want to lift up this, uh, this uh, community. And we're going to do that by respecting uh, the older generations mm-hmm. and the wisdom that they have. Mm-hmm. But also, we've got to rec- recognize... Um, you know, obviously the generation that's behind me, which would be you, <laughs> uh, and then your generation behind you. Yeah. And how do we encourage and support those people to, to, to tell them, one, you can make a difference. Yeah. You can make a significant impact. This region matters. It's yeah. people matters. Uh, and thanks for just being really intentional about that. Oh, that's, I love it, man. I think as you grow and mature, you you learn a little bit about what's important to you. And sometimes you have to go through that maturation process. And now as a husband and a dad, that's all that's what I think about most and and how to be a great person in the community and help lead and model the behavior for them that I want want them to hope because their kids are going to they're, they're going to see what you do far more than listen to what you say. And so you have to be pretty uh, active in, in your pursuit for for trying to help other people, for being there for them, for being thoughtful. And so that's what I'm trying to do in the midst of this great community we live in. Well, you've got 200 shows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's called the Learning Leader Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put that out on um, www.healthierbirthdays.com for our listeners. Uh, and then um, one interesting thing I heard before we wrap up is you reached out to Simon Sinek and he said, I think this is the right. Get back to me in a year. And did you email him on that very day? So Seth Godin, similar guy. Oh, Seth, no, okay. Fine. Great writer, similar guy. I, I sent him a note when I was starting out. He said, write me back in a year uh, when your show is big and famous, something along those lines. And so I put it on my calendar for that, not only that day, but the exact time of awesome. day that he had sent me the email. And then I wrote, I, re- I saved the email. I replied to the exact email and said, Seth, it's been a year. I've recorded 75 shows. We're listened to in 100 countries and we have you know hundreds of thousands of people, all these things. 
you know, have I, I think I've done what you've, you've asked of me. What do you, what do you say? And he said, good day, sir. Let's make it happen. And we did. So it was great. He was a man of his word. He was kind of a, he, 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 he motivated me a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you got to use some of that as fuel and and it did. It it was great. And we, and it was a great conversation. Well, thanks for being on our show Yeah, and we really appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for the gifts that you're giving back to, uh, leaders all over the world. Uh, and then most, uh, most importantly, thanks for giving back to, uh, to the community in which we just so deeply care about. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great. Uh, I love what you guys do here. You can tell by the smiles on the faces of all the people that work here, just walking the halls, the way that you interact with them and seeing what you guys believe in. I'm honored to, to be here and be a part of this. Oh, perfect. Thanks for joining us on Side Effects. See you next time. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on on Side Side Effects. Effects.